Welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmaville. And joining us as always is the Sports Outsider, Phil Renta. Can I still say Happy New Year? Is it too late? No, it's... I think we can still say it. Hey, yeah. still, still Happy 2020, guys. Happy 2020. I'm our still, of this is 2020. I think Happy New Year should work through the end of January. Whoa. Why not? Or I think least, that's... that's ooh, it's like having I a birthday know. month, which is at very... At least until you hand it off to Happy Martin Luther King Day. That makes sense oh, okay. to me. Okay, yeah. so up until Martin Luther King Day or Martin Luther King that, Weekend. Uh, it's next weekend. Oh, great. Oh, and, and yeah, my, I don't get time off work. I'm like, I'll trade Memorial Day, or maybe not Memorial Day, but I'll trade another Monday. Yeah, for yeah I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say trade Memorial Day. That's a, oh, By uh, the way, uh, why trade right. any? Let's add another well, one. Well, right. Yeah, no, exactly. Let's have your workplace honor a man. But you that's, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> let's <Right>? do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sports, sports, sports. Yep. Sports comedy podcast. Yep. Phil, you are smiley today. I am. I uh, I got a full six hours of sleep, and with a newborn, that ain't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to smile good. about? Uh, I woke up, had uh, six hours of sleep, woke up at 5.30, got my baby all ready, uh, had a big glass of uh, chocolate nut milk, and now I feel great. Chocolate it's, nut milk? It's cashew and almond milk, so they just call it nut milk, and I get the chocolate nut <laughs> milk. Right. And it's really good. All right, really all right. good. Yeah, it's all full right. of protein. Yeah. I went for a run this morning too. That's oh, great. You guys running. had any of those oat milk lattes I've been reading about? I have. I have not. Is uh, it is it good? I do. I do half calf lattes sometimes because I'm very caffeine sensitive. And oat milk. I, I'm a fan of oat milk. I, I like guess. I like the milk that results from when I make overnight oats. There oh, you yeah. go. So I'm thinking yeah. this is going to be good. It is. But sports, sports comedy, comedy podcast. <laughs> Thanks, You're Phil. Joel and Jordan. You know a lot about sports. I'm Phil. I don't know much about sports. But here's the thing. I'm excited, and I know you're – well, no, you're not excited. No. Joel's excited. I'm excited. About the college football uh, national championship. It's going to be oh, on yeah. Monday. Features uh, the Clemson Tigers versus the – LSU Tigers. I think the Tigers are going to win. Tigers on Tigers action. Whoa. On Tigers. Yeah. On Tigers. Now, on Tigers. Before I on lay Cupid. any bets, do we know what kind of Tigers? Is either of them a Siberian Tiger? Because those are larger than most They're of the other Bengals, Asiatic right? Tigers. The logos are both Bengal Tigers. I don't know the uh, Tiger species enough mm. to... Uh, well, you know, none of them are native to North America. Which one's which one's favored? Because I'd have to assume Vegas knows. LSU, yeah. LSU's favored. LSU must be the Siberian which, tiger. Which one ate Roy? I'll favor Roy, that one. Roy, Roy did not get eaten. <laughs> okay. He's alive. Oh, phew. Yeah, no, that, you know, I because I met Siegfried once at the I, Secret Garden. I don't Garden. mean to spread fake news. I yeah, certainly, if one of them's an albino tiger. That actually right. happened. I was in, I was at Secret Garden and uh, Siegfried was there and there was like a crowd of people and you could kind of wait in a line to just shake his hand, get a picture or whatever. And right. most of Roy was there, right? No. <laughs> and we put on a tiger mask and went, rah, 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 rah. just <laughs> kidding, Siegfried. <laughs> no, so what happened was, so uh, there's a group of people and I'm just standing around. I don't want to, I'm like nervous, but I'm like, oh, that's Siegfried, that's really cool. Yeah. And then someone uh, in the back goes, uh, "Where's uh, Where's Roy?" To like their traveling companion, and the person goes, "Oh, Roy, Roy's dead." <laughs> Loud enough that Siegfried could hear. And Roy is not dead. Like Roy right. doesn't have a great quality of life. He's sure. in a wheelchair. Yeah. And in fact, uh, during it, there was a really heartwarming moment where Siegfried was talking to a woman in a wheelchair and was basically saying, "It's really important you go outside." <laughs> I can't do an accent, uh, but basically, he's like, "Roy, I make him go outside every day." Oh, <laughs> you know. Still hang. 
Here you go. Right. But it was it was just a very I sweet moment. I saw Siegfried and Roy live uh, before <laughs> the event, and uh, I they are missed. It was a really good show, and getting to see the White Tigers up close was a pretty amazing thing. But we have an even bigger guest than Siegfried on. No, we have the LSU head coach, heavily favored in this game, going up against Clemson. We couldn't get Dabo Sweeney. We tried to get them both. Mm. Yeah, Coach Ed Ogeron, known as Coach O. Coach O and Coach yeah. O. Coach O. Like L- uh, no, 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 I, no, you're, you're, no, you're, you're, you're slurring it a bit. Coach yeah. O. Midwestern slur, just Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Anyway, he's going to be on the show. Yeah. And we'll Coach be able to. Show t- on the show. I don't. Look out, Coach O on the show. You, no, you, you, you know what? You'll Did get us burritos. He's number yeah. eight because then he'd be Coach O Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty great. That is. <laughs> um, Anyway, he's going to be on the show. We got a wide world of weird sports. Goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. But first, Tim Tebow update, watch update. Tim Tebow update, watch update. Brought to you by Mentos. Feel the rush in your mouth. New York Mets extend spring training invite to 32-year-old non-prospect with NFL experience. <laughs> sub- oh, who could that be? Sub uh... headline: Tebow is in on the joke. You mean me, right? Yeah, I had to. <laughs> Uh, this is news uh, we could have all as guessed was coming, but let's enjoy it while we can. Because at some point, the only Tim Tebow news we'll have about him will be taking special needs kids to prom. And that's yeah. just not ha-ha funny. You mean, yeah. yeah, you mean until his baseball Hall of Fame induction. Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. You're right. It'll yeah. probably still be NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Timothy Richard Tebow is one of eight non-roster invitees the Mets announced on Thursday. However, he's the only one who's an SEC network analyst. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wait, are you sure? Did you check the rest of them? I did. And you actually (laughs) haven't heard of the other eight guys. What? Yeah, or the other seven guys today, because they're non-roster spring training invitees. Yikes. Uh, uh, Phil, real quick, non-roster invitees mean you're not on the major league roster, Mm -hmm. but hypothetically, you you might be if you have a good spring training, or they might just want to have you have time with the big league club. So you're fighting for your life. You're going there every day and being like, I hope that they're noticing me. Well, a lot of times... You have to it, wear sparkly clothes so that you know that you're getting their attention. Maybe, yeah, you got a peacock. Like you wear a, your hat a little funny to get and you, you neg your coach. You got to think yeah. like a freak, me, man. Stephen Dubner, you know? Is it like maybe you you're like a 20-year-old the prospect box. to... Get on that team. Uh, well, it's often uh, higher-end prospects who they think, you yeah. know, you could hypothetically make the team because you're so good. Or at the very least, we know you're going to be on the team in like a couple years, so we want you to get big league experience yeah. now. Yeah, like it, either we're gonna find out that you're ready, or mm. we're gonna, you know, give you a big step down the path to readiness. Right. right. So like the most of the other players are legit prospects. Like yeah. their number one pick in 2018, their number two pick in 2019. Not Timothy Richard Tebow. He's or, he's there to sell tickets. Or you want to drum up some press about your team because you're pretty sure the quality of play is not going to do it. Sure. Yeah, sure. so Tim Tebow's there to shake hands, uh, kiss babies, and heal the sick. Oh. And this is his uh, fourth uh, non-roster uh, spring training, and this is probably his last chance to make the majors this So year. who's filling in for him at the leper colony? Oh, right now? Yeah. You mean Molokai? Yeah. I don't know. I assume no. his parents. Okay. Phew. I assume his parents. As long as somebody's it. there to just make sure that they're all getting healed. Could be Jesus. Know. Could be. He could came be. back. He could be. Yeah. Uh, came he, back once. Come back again. You know. Last year, he did not have a good season. He hit 163 with four home runs in 77 games. That's bad. Yeah. Hmm. But in fairness. He fair, was good for a little while, though, right? In 2018, he had yeah. a really good se- Well, really good. He had a good season yeah. in double A. 
But in fairness to... Compared to the rest of the country. Yeah. A phenomenal season. Uh, but in fairness to Tebow, his last two inju- uh, seasons were cut short by uh, injury. He broke uh, his hamate bone in 2018 when he's having a good year. I hamate when that happens. And then last year, uh, lacerated pinky. He had a really bad cut in his pinky. He had a boo-boo on his, on his boo-boo. Yeah. And no, here's the thing. After he lacerated his pinky and he was, he was going to be out for several weeks, he was approached by Satan, who said, if you really are the son of God, fix your lacerated pinky so that you might play again, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands. Right. To which Tebow replied, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Oh, Yes. Well, this luckily, is... he could just put his uh, pinky in a tomb and then put a stone in front of it. Three days later, his pinky will be fine. <laughs> so, anyway. As, as the one person who did not have a Catholic upbringing, I didn't understand any of that. Uh, neither did I. We don't know the Bible. It's more of a oh, Baptist yeah. and Methodist thing. Homeschooling for Tebow allowed that's, him to win right. this you, Bible quote-off. You don't uh, have to know anything. Yourself, no. I know a lot everything. of the Bible. You can quote it? You ready for uh, the books of the Bible in order? Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Okay, for, Quiz Bowl. Okay. But can you quote passages? I uh, Probably not like I used to. I bet I could. Back all right, all yeah. right. Well, Tim Tebow can because he was homeschooled. I thought you were going to give and me like a fill-in-the-blank or something. I was ready for it. Uh, Ecclesiastes 25-12. Uh, shake him up. Oh, <laughs> shake him up. Oh, he's good. He's yep. good. Uh, Rico Kasich. Yep. God bless. Anyway, uh, one of the Tim Tebow. Oh, shoot. The Mets have been criticized for giving Tebow playing time in the minors over players who might actually play for the Mets in the future. But one, everyone just heard the story about him telling off Satan, right? Yeah. yeah. And two, the Mets are going to be criticized a bunch no matter what. Yeah. It's, so it's, they might as well make some money while they're doing it. Yeah. They're a poorly run organization. Let's sell some tickets. Also, I'm always a little like baffled by this because I'm like, there's a whole lot of people who are going to be at spring training who are never going to play uh, Major League Baseball. But specifically the, the, the non-roster, non-roster invite. Yeah. yeah, I mean... <laughs> Still, though, I mean, let's be honest. Well, here's the thing. He's boosted ticket sales every year for home and road games. Yeah. Plus, every article questioning this Mets Mets decision that I read was forced to note his teammates love having him around. Yeah. I believe it. I believe he's a good teammate. You got to think so. I bet that he's the kind of guy that'll hold the door open even for a dude. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Ohio considering if Browns or Bengals fans are eligible for medical marijuana. Whoa. Subheadline, something Browns and Bengals fans don't want to hear. Medical marijuana can only treat symptoms. It doesn't (laughs) cure anything. That's too bad. You got to get to the root cause. The Browns and Bengals may soon get help with their fan-related depression. Nope, not the draft. They're going to screw that up too. The State Medical (laughs) Board of Ohio, or as it's pronounced in Columbus, Edical Board, is officially considering a petition that asks Cleveland Browns or Cincinnati Bengals fandom to be considered a qualifying condition to legally obtain medical marijuana. The story of how this happened is a quirky, wonderful little tale of democracy in action. What? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear about government. All right. Recreational use cannabis is uh, illegal in Ohio. However, in 2016, the legislature passed uh, medical. Okay. Which, as we all know, is a way of saying... All right, no, we'll no, kind actually, to make it legal. That's only in California. Really? In other medical states, it's actually hard to get. Wow! Like when it passed in Michigan, it was it's it's not is state by state. Like California did it that way, yeah. but not every state that did medical is it that easy. They pass it like no, this is for people with like leukemia and AIDS. Like huh. this isn't for you, a uh, guy with IBS. <laughs> um, anyway, or headaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stress. Okay, so. Uh, 
cannabis uh, sales for medical went on sale this past year, and they set up 21 qualifying conditions that would allow patients to be eligible. It's hard to remember all 21, so legislators came up with a mnemonic device for doctors in the form of a song. Oh, great. Cool. HIV, ALS, cancer, CTE, Crohn's, epilepsy, fibromyalgia, glaucoma, hep C, IBS, MS, Parkinson's, PTSD, sickle cell anemia, spinal cord disease, Tourette's, traumatic brain injury, ulcerative colitis. <laughs> and the chorus now, glaucoma, glaucoma. Uh, but they will also open the floor for more conditions. And then so there are 28 petitions that went in for other conditions to be considered. Most of them are things like uh, Epstein-Barr, autism, lupus. But yeah. there was also Browns, Bengals fans. Sure. And also Epstein-Barr didn't kill himself. <laughs> If you were to ask an Ohioan at random... Epstein, Epstein Bar is what they should have had. <laughs> right. I, All over the place. If you were to ask an Ohioan at random if, there was, if this was some kind of joke, a response would likely be, Look at the records and you fucking tell me! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Someone have a joint? God damn it! <laughs> However, Tessie Pollock at the State Medical Board of Ohio confirmed it is no joke. Basically, it's being weighed in uh, by uh, the medical board because whoever submitted the application checked all the boxes and this Tessa Pollock said they did quite a, a bit of work to get there because the applications had to have information from experts who specialize in the study of the disease or condition. The, the condition being a Browns fan. Yeah. So I would imagine sports radios, Dennis, the wild man Walker uh, yeah, could be yeah, the I'll expert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> relevant medical or scientific evidence. Mm -hmm. I would say post game depression stabbings. Yep. Yeah, you get, I've, you get I've seen a lot of my friends who are big U of M fans after the football game just sit around. And go, I don't want to go out because they lost. Yeah, yeah, that'll yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but no, but it's no like stabbing. It's a, it's now like me Phil. going like, oh, I just watched a TV show and one of my favorite characters had a bad day. So as uh, amused as I am that you're comparing being a Michigan fan to being a Browns fan. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying it's that, like, quite the after same. sports depression is something I do not and will never understand. I'm I'm getting through mine. I'm okay. every year I'm better and better with Good. it. Then you need consideration. Imagine of, if the new Marvel movie came out and it didn't have your favorite character from the. Well, comic that's book. the thing is when I see a movie that I expect, like even after Star Wars Episode One came out and I hated it and I thought the whole trilogy was mad. I was mad at the movie. I wasn't depressed as a person. I was like, oh, George Lucas sure screwed that up. Well, that's yeah, really... You didn't work through the stages of grief. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you start with anger. Right. You then need consideration of whether conventional medical therapies are insufficient to treat or alleviate the disease or condition. Any therapist none. in the greater no Cleveland area. None are known to work. <laughs> yeah. You need evidence supporting the use of medical marijuana to treat... Even Bill Belichick didn't cure that one. <laughs> you need evidence supporting the use of medical marijuana to treat or alleviate the disease or condition. Now, pot was legal in Michigan recreationally for the last quarter of the lion season, and that yeah. could be used as a case study, mm -hmm. yeah. I think. Uh, other Then you need other types of medical or scientific documentation, easily forged. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, letters of support provided by physicians. Plenty of Ohio doctors have no credibility oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Uh, so this, this suggests that the application managed to get experts to weigh in, a physician to write a letter of support, and some sort of relevant evidence to support their claim. 
When uh, doctors were asked if this created a loophole for citizens to exploit the current medical marijuana system, they were unequivocal in stating nobody would choose Browns or Bengals fandom. Yeah. Yes. And no one would want to put down on a form that they were a (laughs) Browns fan, even if it was like totally not true. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Donatelli, the one guy that we know who's a Browns fan and has been for the 15 years I've known him. Yeah. You know how we know he's actually a Browns fan? Because no one would lie about that. He moved back to Ohio. Yeah. Oh, God. Strange. Yeah. Right? Strange. From uh, L.A. One of the few guests in this show, if that's I'm not true. mistaken. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> One of, like, true. three. Yeah. Uh, the I'm med- sorry. No, we have guests every week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, the medical board's marijuana... Medical, the medical board's medical marijuana committee will meet on February 12th to decide whether the, which petitions will be considered. The lower bowl is sold out, but tickets are still available for the upper deck in the dog pound. <laughs> yeah. Get up when they're considering! <laughs> Uh, the chances don't seem great. Last year, there was a total of 100 petitions put in front of the medical board, and none of them were added to the approved list. But if you're a Browns or Bengals fan, you'll take those odds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, we could do it, guys. Uh, a final vote uh, will be uh, made this summer. Uh, WBNS, the Columbus CBS affiliate, interviewed members of the community to see what they thought. Fortunately, this being Columbus, most of them were incapable yeah. of thought. <laughs> However, they found a transplant to the area who possessed cognitive function. Harriet Perkins said, quote, my husband is a huge Eagles fan, and one of the worst things about moving to Columbus, Ohio, is he can never see a game because he always has to watch the Browns and the Bengals, which he can't stand. She went on to say that she has friends and family in Cleveland and Cincinnati, and after most games, she described them as, quote, sad. Oh, I think, I mean, if you're a a Cleveland transplant, you get to like, hey, my local game every week is... Someone beating the Browns. Yeah. And That's also, entertaining. Watch Marvel movies. The good guys will no, usually the, win at the end. The good guys always win at the end. Joining us now on the podcast is LSU Tigers head coach, Coach O. Hey, God, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me down to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Yeah, hey. it's great to have you on. Well, you, got, you got a little case to giggle, and I thought I just heard that. <laughs> It looks it sounded like Joel got a case of the giggle. He started laughing. Joel sometimes does have a case yeah. of the giggles. Yeah. That's oh, true. that's okay. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't yeah. sure what you're saying. No, I'm just saying you got a case of the giggle there. You make it a little, make it a little laugh. I'm glad it's good to be on a show where people really enjoy themselves, make make it a little joys. Yeah, it's a sports comedy sometimes podcast. Sometimes when I'm in front of the press pool, man, they don't, they don't, they're a little too serious. I say, hey, lighten up, man. It's all for fun. It's a game. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's good to yeah. lighten up with the press. Yeah, right. exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But none of that now. Hard-hitting interview. Get yourself ready, Coach O. Oh, yeah. We're about to go, we'll go into a championship game where we worked real hard season, and now we'll finally make it to the big game. We're real excited. We're going to go in there and go win. Not sure what any of that was, no, but how do you feel to be arriving at the championship season, heading into your final game here, looking for a big win? Well, as I just said, we're really excited. <laughs> We've been building up for a long time. We've got a great group of boys out there who work real hard all season, and we're ready to go in there and show our Tiger spirit win this year championship. How do you, I guess, to me, a lot of people are creating like a quarterback versus quarterback thing. You know, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Right, your quarterback, Joe Burrows. Yeah. Or Joe, it's Burrow, right? I don't think it's, I, I don't think there's an S. It's Joe Burrow. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So, but I guess, what do you think will ultimately be the key to the game? What do you, what are you most focused on 
in terms of your game plan. Well, look, you know, it's, it's all about incentives at the end of the day. You know, you got to really encourage them to go out there and work hard, right? So I, what I said to them after this year game, if you got to go out there and you play, we're going to make the biggest pot of gumbo you ever seen. We're going to eat it all up. And boy, those boys got riled up when I started talking about the gumbo because they all love the scripts inside that gumbo there. So, so uh, as uh, yeah, an incentive, and, yeah. Yeah. You're, you said you're going to make a pot of gumbo. Big old pot of gumbo. <laughs> And that was going to rile up the boys. That riled them- up them boys, you know, because this game, we're all out there having fun. We want a window. We're going to bring home a home for Louisiana. So we got, we're going to make a big old pot of gumbo. They train hard, all right? We, look, it, uh, the preparation's already done. Now it's about dedication. So we want them to just keep their head in the game. And one day after hitting the game, man, we're going we're gonna to celebrate the way only Louisiana know how to do, boy. Only Louisiana know how to celebrate like we do. Only you and Louisiana know how to celebrate. Only Louisiana know how to celebrate like we do, boy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And and, and do you have any plans about how to to celebrate? Well, like I just said. You said the gumbo, Joel. I think think you got waxy noise here, Joel, because... (laughs) Like I just said, look, we're going to go out after we win this year championship game. First of all, I love a good press interview. We're going to give a good old press interview there. We're going to congratulate all that boy. Then we're going to go eat the biggest pot of gumbo with the script you ever eat. And then we're going to go out to Bourbon Street. We're going to have ourselves a celebration. We're going to get yards of margaritas and bunch of beans. We're just going to go celebrate, 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 you know? And so, and do you have any plans about how to celebrate after you, you win? Well, what, I, what, Joel, Joel. What, is, what is happening? Are you not paying attention? Look, have you ever heard of this Cajun phrase called deja vu? Yeah, I, I really I think I can't understand the word you, you I think that you're experiencing, <laughs> I'm experiencing deja vu with your questions right after I hear them there, there boy. Now, obviously, Clemson is a tough opponent. Oh, no, they're a tough opponent. But this year, you've beaten a lot of tough opponents. Beaten a lot of tough opponents. You beat Alabama. Alabama. You, you recently beat um, uh, Oklahoma. Oh, we trounced out old Oklahoma there. They didn't know where to hit them. <laughs> no, they didn't. No. So, so with, with Clemson, can you tell me a little bit about, I guess, how you think the other side is prepping for you? Dabo oh, Sweeney yeah. and the Clemson Tigers, how are they prepping for the LSU Tigers? Is there a little gamesmanship there? Look, I got to imagine that they also, they prepare. Okay. All season, they've been improving their skills. They've been working real hard. But look, they don't have any food as good as my big old pot of gumbo. <laughs> We're doing scrims. So I got to imagine that they aren't going to be as dedicated. What are they going to do? We can say, we're, we're going to go to a Bubba Gump after this. Bubba Gump don't know how to make no gumbo. Look, they're going to come out there and they're going to play chain restaurant style, man. We're going to play, oh, we're going to play homemade style here. Clems, look, I don't want to I don't want to diminish their talent, boy. There's a bunch of talented boys out there, but... You you look at what you look at the way we play our dedication. We play gumbo dedication, you know. And so, if you were to win, is there any type of food that you would oh want to celebrate with? I want to talk about. This is real confusing here, Jordan. <laughs> I gotta admit, I think I, I think your co-host here is a little simpler attention? than no, I'm just I can't. Can you understand think, what he said? I, I can't understand what he said. I think Joel Anderson got in there one too many times. He, he could be like a Clemson Tiger and could have to go to the hospital after we deal with a boy because that brain ain't functioning quite right. I, I feel like I've been hit in the head one quite too many right. times because I can't, I can't, yeah. Now, I know we've talked a lot about preparation. There's a lot about preparation. But I don't think we've talked enough about preparation of 
gumbo. Could you oh, walk me through yeah. how you prepare Why the would gumbo? We talk about oh, gumbo? Yeah, the most important part about the gumbo is the stock. All right, you get the right stock, you're going to be okay about the gumbo. I would really right? argue it's getting a nice right. brick room wanna, going. I look, mean to- there's a lot of secrets to it here, right? We want to make sure that you got the right scrims. You got to sort through the scrims to make sure you're putting in the right one. The, the sausage, you got to make sure it's andouille. If you ain't using andouille, man, you ain't using sausage there, boy. And then you got to make sure you got the right vegetable. You can't just put any vegetable inside the gumbo. You got to put in the okra inside the gumbo. If you don't use the extra okra, light on the celery. You don't want no celery in your gumbo. What is this, a salad? You want to put that okra inside there. And then you got to make sure you slow cook it. You slow cook that gumbo. So all that more. About how long? About how long you slow cook? Oh, if it's less than 24 hours, you ain't making gumbo. You got a slow cook. Look, if I had my druthers, what I would do is put it, I would just light a little match fire, a little matchstick under a 30 gallon thing and just let it slow cook for days. That's how you make that big gumbo, dear. Oh. And, uh, and, and we're going to celebrate. I think, I think actually, I, I think I got a lot of that. He was talking oh, about gumbo? Yeah, yeah. gumbo and so preparation what, specifically. What sort of sausage do you use in yours? Oh, no, Joey. <laughs> Look, Joey, Joel, I'm just going to talk Joel. to you from now on. Joel, Joel he's, 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 he said this. It was andouille. No, I'm trying to think oh, that well, Joel, I mean, has, yeah, Joel has andouille sausage in his ears. That's the only <laughs> way he's going to can't hear what I'm saying. I, I, everyone says I'm a pretty loudspeaker. Okay, sorry. I mean, an okra? Do you put okra in it? No, this is getting frustrating. He puts okra in it. You don't put. He doesn't put celery in it. He focuses on the okra. I'm starting to to think that Joel is a plant from the Clemson Tigers just to round me up and get me all flustered before the game because I'm getting frustrated here. I gotta admit, I'm getting frustrated here. I got plant. Is he talking about the vegetables that go in gumbo? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and and. Last question. Yeah. After after you after you presumably win, because I got to tell you, we're I think win, I right? think you guys are going to win. There's no question in my mind. We're going to go out there. We're going to win. After you you celebrate with the gumbo. Yeah. Is there something you'd like to have for dessert? You know, after oh, you yeah. after you've had the big dinner of gumbo celebrating, what do you what do you what's the little little you know the little sweet at the end, oh, the, the little know, bonus. You know how we celebrate. We're gonna have so many beignets. Oh boy, we're gonna be stuffing beignets into our drinks all night long. Yeah, drinking all, drinking all of our deep, deep, uh, deep South bourbon and uh, eating them beignets till the morning light. Man, maybe have a little bit of roasted gator when we get hungry again. Man, we're gonna, we're gonna have ourselves a time with them beignets. And then you know what? We like to sit around. We like to read French literature. <laughs> yeah, any, any specifics? Um, uh, yeah. Hugo, that sort of yeah, thing? mostly Hugo. Okay. <laughs> Victor Hugo. <laughs> like to read the Hunchback and that Notre Dame, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Les Mis, maybe? Maybe a little Les Mis, yeah. Not the Andrew Lloyd Webber one. I'm yeah. sorry. You asked about desserts, and now it's Victor Hugo, and I'm, I'm real lost. You know, I, I basically, I, you are really a true Renaissance man. Yeah, have, we all. Well, have you we're very into Cajun culture there. Have you thought about beignets? That seems like a good thing to have. Oh, I'm starting to get real wild here. <laughs> Oh man, I'm starting to get real riled up. I better take off before I before I start yelling and screaming more than I already maybe, am. Maybe like with the bourbon, and you could read some oh, French. Oh, Joel, you know what? Now you I'm getting out. Okay. I'm getting right. out. Right. Right. I can't All take right. this Save anymore. Save it for game day, coach. I'm saving it for game day. Go Tigers, Oz. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Oz, what weird sports? Time. Who loves what weird sports? Wide World Red Sports. Uh, what do we have this week? This week's Wide World Red Sports, hole in one. 
boy, we're a uh, hole in one. Just, Look, just the, the, the general concept of getting a hole in one. Well, you all know what a hole in one is, but there's some interesting anecdotes in the Wikipedia thing. So I thought that it would be fun to like. Yeah. Uh, hole like- in one is in Liza's bucket. <laughs> like there's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in the bucket. If it was oh my bucket, my it'd be Liza's God. husband's bucket. Oh, 10 seconds of my life. <laughs> I will never get back. Yeah. So in golf, a hole-in-one or hole-in-one, also known as an ace, occurs when a ball hit from a tee to start a hole finishes in the cup. A and ball- it has to be like the cup that's on the green. Right. They don't like, count it if you like hit it into a spectator. Somebody's beer. drinking a mint julep. Oh, and a mint julep. <laughs> Talk about a hole in one. That's, that's horse racing. I'm pretty sure it's martinis for golf. Oh. <laughs> Take a look at this olive, huh? Millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> uh, a ball hit from the tee following a lost ball out of bound or water hazard is not a hole in one. Right, because you have the two-stroke penalty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, holes in one commonly occur on par three holes, the shortest distance holes on a standard size golf course. Longer hitters have also accomplished this feat on longer holes, though nearly all par four and par five holes are too long for golfers to reach in a single shot. Quitter. Wimpies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe... <laughs> Whoever wrote this article just doesn't believe in themselves and enough. I know that in Happy Gilmore, he gets a hole in one on a par four his first time that he's trying to qualify. Yeah. And it, that documentary, Happy Gilmore. Right. And everybody was so impressed. They're like, hey, I heard you got a hole in one on a par four. And then he's like, oh, those are cool green jackets. <laughs> Why is everyone wearing a green jacket? Shooter McGavin, will you get a green jacket? And now uh, he's the star of Uncut Gems. <laughs> uh, so. Was uh, that in the, the article? That was, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, while well known outside golf and often requiring a well hit shot and significant power, holes in one need to also have an element of luck. Yeah. As such, they are sure. more common because they're less impressive agree. than any other hole accomplishment, such as completing a par five in two shots, which is called an albatross. Ooh. Yeah, did you not I know like that? that? I didn't an know that was. I, I know it's, it's birdie for one under par. It's an eagle for two under par. It's an albatross. Albatross for makes three. sense because, by the way, albatross uh, longest wingspan. Right. There's a Guinness. The Guinness World Record for the longest wingspan of any bird ever was an albatross. Oh, you guys, want to guess how how long it was? Uh, thirty five feet. Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> uh, it's between those two. Okay. Eleven. Eleven feet. You guys seen Albatross? And that's not like a big body on that bird. No, I An know. 11 foot wingspan. We've all read Flight of the Ancient Mariner, Joel. We know all <laughs> oh. about Albatross. And also, 35 feet, that's that's not a real guess, Phil. Well, Joel, get this. As of October 2008, a condor, which is 400 par hole in one on a par five, had uh, been recorded on four occasions. Whoa. Aided by thin air and high altitude. I thought you said at the beginning you couldn't get a hole in one. Well, they said it was five. very difficult. Very it was difficult. rare, but there's only been four recorded ever. That's pretty. Okay. And they were all in like, Colorado Springs. Right. Oh, okay. It's like those golf courses you see they in didn't, the travel They didn't put the golf balls are, in the humidor. They didn't put the golf. It was all PCL. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they use bowling lanes as fairways when they grease <laughs> them up so that the ball just keeps rolling. Then they put the bumpers on them. Right. Exactly. Well, that's like so in, just, it's my favorite thing in Tin Cup is. They're having like a contest about who can get the longer hit off their five iron, and yeah. he loses because one guy turns and he just hits it across the parking lot. So it's like bouncing on the asphalt, and yeah. the other guy loses his car. Uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about rarity a little bit here, though. Yeah. Uh, so holes in one are rare, uh, but let's tell a little anecdotes. 
Uh, it's traditional for a player who scored a hole in one to buy a round of drinks for everyone at a clubhouse bar. So yet yeah, again, that ones are not for the poor. Is that is that I've never heard that. You yeah, golfed, apparently. right? Yeah, I golfed. Is that a, had, had you heard of that tradition? Uh, I had not heard of that tradition, tradition, but I don't think I've ever heard of anyone hitting a hole in one. So okay. that I know. Now I'm imagining such like the intern gets invited out to golf with all the executives and yeah. he shoots like a 174 until the last hole when he gets a hole in one. They're like, hey, right. drinks at the bar. All right. Yeah. Lucky for you, martinis are only 30 bucks a pop. <laughs> Oof. How much do we pay you? Oh, that's right, we don't. Plus, that's possible, because usually bad golfers are still good at driving and just bad at the short game. Yeah. Because <laughs> driving's for show, putting's for dough. Uh, the memorable hole-in-one in the 1970s. Driving's still pretty hard. Have you ever yeah, done it, Phil? What? Uh, dri- hey, driving it and hitting it straight? Real tricky. Oh, I know. It's hard, but I played a lot growing up. Oh, really? So, yeah. I did not know so that. So I could hit you. the I could hit pretty far. I think that when I probably peaked out when I was like 17 or 18 and I was hitting like 250 yard drives. All right. Well, the same day we see if you can hit a 80 mile an hour fastball. We go down to the driving fastball. range let's, a block let's see away. If you can hit a 200 let's, mile an hour. You know what? I've got my driver drive. in my bedroom. Let's right after this. We're going to the driving I, I range. I am certainly more ready to believe that than I am the 80 mile per hour. But fastball. I did, so that's cool. Yeah. A memorable <laughs> hole in one was made in 1973. Not only that, but I hit it regularly. A 1973 British Open by Gene Sazarin at the age of 71. Is that the you said the oldest? Uh, it's just a memorable one. Okay. On that day, it was more like Gene Snazarin, right? Uh, Earl Dietering, uh, Earl Dietering of Memphis, Tennessee, seventy-eight years old at the time, is believed to hold the record for the eldest person to make a hole in one during a one round. Right before that, he was Dietering on the edge of glory, and he tipped the right Ooh. way uh, during the second round of the nineteen seventy-one Martini International Tournament held <laughs> at the Royal Norwich Golf Club in England. John Hudson had two consecutive holes in one. Wow. What are the odds? That's like, that's After like that, winning the lottery I twice. would check if I could fly. Yeah, totally. I would just find a cliff and jump off and be like, ah, eh, chance it. I think I might just descend into madness. I'd be like, ah, oh, glitch of the matrix. And I would just be in a padded room. <laughs> Sounds like a real Hudson day for him. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Teeing off using a four iron at a par three. He got a 195 yard uh, hole in one on the 11th hole. Uh, Hudson holed his tee shot for hole in one. And the next hole, a downhill 311 yard par four. This time using a driver, he hit another hole-in-one. That's crazy. 311-yard hole-in-one. God. Is you that know, crazy? I don't actually know that's, that's anything far. about dimensions. That's far. And the holes are small. I think I've only ever played a par-3 course. I don't oh, think I've ever been on a par-4 in my entire life. But what's scary is you get on a par-5 hole, and you can't see the flag a lot of the times. You just know it's that way. Right? Yeah. That, that sounds like more fun to me, because I feel like the one thing I enjoyed about golf was it being, like, a nice walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because oh, I couldn't, yeah. I obviously could not hit the ball anywhere where I wanted it to go, so it was just sort of like, oh, went into the woods. Well, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, though. I've never had uh, the great ability to see where the ball went. I've always just been bad at that. So I spend yeah. most of the time frustratedly being like, where's my ball? Where's well, my if ball? If your career as a corporate exec- executive goes well enough, you can get a caddy who will lie and just say they found your ball when they didn't, and then you'll be like the best golfer in <gasps> the world. Maybe that's what happened to John Hudson. <laughs> oh, I found this right in the hole again, John Hudson. <laughs> uh, despite the relative rarity of holes and ones, there have been a total of six in Ryder Cup matches. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, Peter Butler scored his first in 1973. Oh, the Butler did it. <laughs> uh, Nick Faldo scored a hole in one in 1993. Two years later, that one. 
Uh, Constino Rocca and Howard Clark both scored holes in one before an 11-year gap in 2006 saw Paul Casey and Scott Verplank both hole in one on the 14th hole. They both hold one in the same tournament in the same hole. It's pretty crazy. Sorry, there's something with, with Clark and Rocca for Rock no, and Eve. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, Joel, you're trying to ruin this perfectly nice article about amazing shots. I don't know why. And that brings it into another wide world of weird sports. Oh, Joel didn't ruin it. It was actually a lot of fun. I think everybody's going to enjoy this segment. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings a close to sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, we're going to bring back uh, Coach O to give you our contact information. Are we sure that's a All good right, idea? Oh, it's a good thing we got to... <laughs> We got to hear back now. We'll go a little bit about where you can find this sports, sports, sports podcast online. Yeah, you can just read right off this shit. Yeah, right so here. you can find us on Twitter. You go to Twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. Boy, that's Twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. We go there and see all their, their pithy statements about the world of sports and maybe they'll make a joke or two because it's a game we shouldn't take it too seriously. Did that's he right. say he was choking and we need to, to give him the Heimlich? Sports no, the number three podcast. Yeah, that's where we are on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Okay, yeah. yeah you can okay. find us on Facebook. You go to Facebook.com slash more number three podcast. That's Facebook.com slash more number three podcast. You know Facebook get a hard time out there, but I think it's a great site. You get it for free. I mean, that's an awful personal question, but I'd say about two or three times a day. That I don't know what Joe's talking about. God, sometimes, I, Joe's sometimes having a I hard think, time hearing sometimes you. Sometimes <laughs> I think Joe's speaking another language besides what you and I are speaking here, Joe, because I don't understand a thing coming it out of here. It feels like now. that all the yeah, time for me, know. Coach Joe. I'm not comfortable talking about that in the podcast. All right. So. You can find all our back episodes at anchor.fm slash port number three podcast at anchor.fm slash port number three podcast. Make sure to make sure to lock them in the podcast and leave them some comments because no think people work real hard all season and they want to know that you listen to the podcast you get a lot of comedy how you enjoy it there thank you very much yeah, the Coach comments in anchor.fm are great yeah you enjoy it hey guys joel, joel. i think i'm gonna move to louisiana bye joel, joel.